0: a little bit of time off. Um, Took
1: a Christmas vacation early, I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like Christmas is, or December's usually our kind of slow down period. We always come up with good intentions of these good episodes and then we just family stuff comes up. Um, I did want to uh, just say this episode is probably a little bit less prepared um, as, as others. Um, If you did see me uh, posting on the fear and beer page, uh, the last couple weeks, um, did have some personal stuff going on. Uh, my dog, who is was a co-host of ours at times, to be jingling around and stuff like that, um, had some surgery. Um, fortunately, uh, he did not make it. Um, so had to had to take some time off to kind of regroup. Um, but I, I'm glad that I have this platform. Um, some of you probably don't. Don't follow our, our posts, um, and maybe you just listen to us. So so that's kind of the reasoning for uh, the absence. Um, you know, it just sucks, but I am I did want to just get back into things over here because it, it's a nice outlet for me to kind of stay busy. Um, great support from a lot, of, a lot of you folks that were, were sending your well wishes, and um, just kind of wanted to update everybody on that. So um, if you do notice that this episode is a little bit... Uh, Less put together than our others, we've we've had some stuff going on, um, unfortunately. Um, but enough of that. Let's um, get into what we're talking about. So we're going to be talking about, <clears throat> sorry, um, the 2015 uh, horror Christmas Christmas horror movie, uh, Krampus from. Oh, I said it, from 2015, starring Adam Scott, Tony Collette, David Keshner, Allison Tolmaine, directed by Michael Doherty, who we know from Trick or Treat. Uh, We also should know him from uh, Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, He directed that. He also helped write this uh, movie alongside Todd Casey, who's done a lot of other things, uh, mostly in the anime world. Um, But we're going to be diving into that tonight. So the 2015, dare I say classic, Uh, Krampus. Yeah. Um, obviously with Krampus uh, just passed um, there was a Krampus Fest in Orlando we were planning on doing this one last week to better coincide with the dates but um, like I talked about things things came up so um, we also have a beer we have a Hefeweizen uh, picked um, from Fort Myers Brewing uh, this is their 2022 uh, Oktoberfest so, I don't know if you... Fits the theme
1: of the movie. Yeah. Because, obviously, Krampus is a German folktale. Yeah. Um, very much like Santa Claus as well. He's also a German folktale originally, but... So, we might as well go with an, a German-style German beer. And, as you know, if anybody is, you know, somewhat of a beer drinker should know that Oktoberfest is a big festival in Germany, all about drinking beer and enjoying good food and, and, and fine folks. But... Um, Obviously Oktoberfest beers have kind of become, I don't want to say kind of become, they've always kind of been for a very long time, uh, you know, staples over here because, you know, beer has been a very big part of the culture in America since the early foundings of the country um, to the point when we had a number of obviously German uh, immigrants come over and kind of introduce the crazy people here that you know beer is a good thing and it's a good thing to explore so obviously a half of Eisen is a predominantly german style uh lager um i don't know a lot about this one specifically but according to untapped uh, what they say is it's an oh so famous oktoberfest lager and it comes to them every year or comes to us every year as we celebrate our undying love for beer this german fest beer has tasty caramel undertones with a delicious malt presence P.S. It tastes best in Das Boot. Mm-hmm. If anybody knows what that is, I applaud. das Boot. Um, obviously, Beer Fest is an amazing movie. If you haven't mm-hmm. seen it, you should see it. Uh, it has nothing to do with horror, but it's still a great mm-hmm. movie. Um, yeah, so it's going to be, you know, uh, not a heavy lager, but a heavier than your traditional lager. Um, it'll be a little bit uh, unfiltered, because Hefeweizens are traditionally fil- uh, unfiltered. So they tend to have not a ton of floaties, but they definitely don't tend to be super clear. Um, so it'll be a darker beer, which will be uh, uh, something to look for. So I'm interested to try that. Um, really, don't really have a whole lot else to say about it. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you're in the Florida area, check out Fort Myers Brewing. I think we've had them before in the past. This isn't the first time we've had them, but um, haven't remembered. I don't remember having anything bad. So no, no, it good. seems like it's always not good. that like we ever have anything bad yeah. unless we drink. Alcoholic coffee, then we have yeah. Problems, then but. we have
0: the problem. Well, let's crack these open.
1: Oh, Ooh. My nails don't work tonight.
0: And these are actually <sighs> new beers. They haven't been sitting in my fridge for a couple months, so they should should be should be ripe, as they say. Um, I had oh, I was gonna say if you are watching on YouTube, um, I was gonna have the camera a little bit closer so you could see all these cool Krampus postcards I have. I have the little Krampus bell up front. I of course I have the little Gingerbread that is stabbed uh, with the knife, but I pulled the camera back a little bit further because we are gonna be playing the movie up top on the screen you can see about half of the screen because i don't want to get flagged for copyright yeah. don't hurt, from don't, the don't movie playing constantly us, in the too. background but um we will be having that playing in the background as we kind of go through uh scene by scene as best as we can with a little commentary going on of, of stuff that we liked and at the end we can also touch on because you never saw the krampus house at halloween horror nights i did not um so we can kind of touch on that a little bit i've always kind of gone on and stated that it is one of my favorite houses um, I think I've said it's my favorite house of all time, but then after rewatching kind of a walkthrough, um, I-, I think I am just more of a sucker for, like, those holiday-themed temperature-controlled houses, so maybe I have a little favoritism to towards it, but I'd- I would like to revisit that house at some point, um, whether it is redoing of Krampus or t- their own version of a Christmas horror-style house. So um, before we play, uh, hit play and get started, let's... Yeah, I mean, Test I've these got these beers out. About half. About half of mine
1: is <laughs> a, is is you know. Mine took a while is, to is sell, head, but not that.
0: I just want to smell the microphone instead of the beer.
1: Yeah, it's
0: more tra- Hefeweizen than like an Oktoberfest. Yeah, yeah, it's a
1: traditional Hefeweizen for the most part. I mean, I they call it Oktoberfest probably more so because of the of the um event just granted more I think we also we, we put a lot of stock in,
0: Octoberfest in, as in like Sam Adams Oktoberfest as like a fall Oktoberfest
1: which is definitely more of a fall beer than just the traditional Hefeweizen o- or German style beer. Yeah. So when you say Oktoberfest a lot of times you think of that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. whereas Oktoberfest is really just a it's a festival it's it's a term they use to, yeah. to you know to to you know frame the time period so it, it could be any style really but I think generally they're typically Hefeweizen's or, you know, some sort of German lager. And it's good. I like it. Um, it's tasty. Definitely lighter than I expected it to be, but mm-hmm. it's not bad. I, I definitely... expected them, like, like we
0: were saying, I, I kind of definitely have that. Um, It's not really a bias, but a presumed notion that it would have been like that brown fall style thing. But it is a Hefeweizen, so it's more Hefeweizen than it is Oktoberfest. So if you're getting it, expecting that Oktoberfest, um, don't expect the Oktoberfest, because you're going to get pretty much just kind of a traditional, very weedy uh, Hefeweizen, which is good. Um, So nothing against that. So let's uh, let's hit play on this movie. Let's see if it starts behind us. Oh, and it's going to give me the little Blu-ray combo ad first. we're gonna get all the don't steal this dvd or else we'll put you in jail kind of nonsense but let's get into this so um i guess before we even like dive in scene by scene do you want to go through like do you have first impressions of this? Do you remember? Did you rewatch it recently? So I, didn't, what are you? I
1: didn't rewatch it this week before the more. episode, but I've seen it a number, a couple of times now. Uh, obviously, as Nick well knows, uh, I saw it for the first time this, this year.
0: Oh, yes. You're, I, I forgot about that. Never I never actually
1: sat down and watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think part of it is just unfortunately life catches up with you and it's really hard to sit down and catch up with every movie you miss. And as soon as and you
0: miss one, like six months later, it's right. forgotten. It's
1: one of those movies where I always said, since it dropped back in 2015, that oh, I want to watch that movie. I want to watch that movie. And eventually you just forget because mm-hmm. there's so many other things that happen in life and come up in life and especially just movies in general. There's so many new movies that come out. Um, so I kind of just put it, on the back burner and never decided to go back and watch it until probably a couple months ago when I fi- finally sat down. It was on Peacock and I was like, you know what? Let's throw this on. I got nothing else to watch, so I threw it on. I watched it first time I watched it, um, really enjoyed it. Second time I watched it, maybe a little less so, but still, it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um, have really no, I don't have bad things to say about it. Um, there are some things where it's just it feels a little. A certain way for me, and and again, we've talked about kind of like how I how I look for certain things in movies. Um, I think there are better Christmas horror movies than this one, but again, this is also I think dare you say potentially a classic at this point. <laughs> yeah, because it's just spent out for a while. Um, it's one of the first ones you think of when you think of Christmas movie mm-hmm. or Christmas scary horror Christmas movies, movie. Yeah. A movie you can watch it both at both holidays. I yep. guess is the best way to yep. put it. Can you watch this movie at Halloween and at Christmas? Um, so yeah. There's just a few others that I think I prefer, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make this one bad by any means.
0: No, I think and it's fun too because it's like it is a different take. You know, normally, like you know, when we look at those quintessential Christmas horrors, you automatically think like Silent Night, Deadly Night, where it's like, oh, serial killer slasher, put him in a Santa suit, theme it around Christmas, call it a damn. Yeah,
1: that came from a that came from a time period where they had to turn every every single holiday had to be turned into some sort of slasher movie. Mm-hmm and not to say that some of those movies are bad but some um, of them are bad but they are pretty bad anyways and you have to be able to find the humor in it to find enjoyment out of it obviously with like Silent Night Deadly Night like we reviewed that one last christmas was that was it last year we reviewed that or the year before might have been last year i think it was last year um i think we all generally like liked it for it's what it fun. was yeah, it's yeah. a fun movie to watch it's a little weird um and I think it does try to take itself a little too serious. Whereas a movie yes. like this knows exactly it's what goofy. it is. It's, it's half comedy. It's a well made, goofy horror comedy. And I think it works. Especially when you've got guys like David Keckner and yeah. you know Adam Scott, who yeah. are quintessential comedy actors. Yeah. They're not. Parks and Rec in the Office, like. Right. Anchorman. That's, yeah. Exactly. So that's what you think of them for when you think of those two actors. And then you've got, of course, Tony Collette, who is. Mm-hmm. The, kind of being The horror queen. scream queen now. Yeah. New age horror queen. Because she's not even like a screamer, but she's just so good and she raises the level and the bar of all these movies that she's in that traditionally you should just be like, eh, it's going to be some cheesy horror movie. Meh. Bad actor. But like, when you yeah. have like Tony Collette in it and it, she just raises the bar and mm-hmm. makes it that much better. It's like, like,
0: wait, we can make horror movies with actual actresses that can hey, actually act.
1: All I can say is Hereditary is one of the best horror movies of the last. Five ten years, yeah. and she's the reason why. So, yeah.
0: um,
1: not only, but she's primarily the reason <laughs> why.
0: So, this movie was released on December fourth, and it was originally going to be uh, November twenty fifth, but they did move it up so that it would coordinate with Christmas uh, with Krampus, or Krampus, which is the the, the uh, December fifth. Um, so, the intro of the movie, opening scene, kind of the slow motion worst of Christmas. You get all the the gift buyers, the naggers, the, the people... Oh, the opening scene is so good. ...pushing around with, like, the cheerful holiday music playing, it's fighting like, over toys. Um What's
1: that Arnold movie? Oh, Jingle All the Way. Jingle All the Way. Yeah. It's basically... He got tools! Yeah. He I got... T- mean, get
0: the mailman!
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's basically that, but it's slow-mo. It's so good. Like, this whole opening scene is perfect for yep. me. It's, like, one of the perfect...
0: Kids crying. ...perfect opening scenes to a movie. Yep. And then we get to Max, who was inside, in, in a... Rehearsal of sorts, like a you know the, the the manger and all that stuff, and he's fighting yeah the weird another kid the
1: weird like Jesus show going yeah, on in the middle the, of a the store
0: the Jesus show of children in the show he's fighting another kid because apparently we find out in the next scene that um
1: he's a piece of shit yeah that well the kid Not was Max. like Not yeah Max. the kid yeah, was a piece of
0: bad mouthing Christmas or making fun of people that believe in Christmas or something and believe in Santa and all that stuff so th- that kind of shows you that right right from the get go max is kind of like the 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 bearer of christmas he's the one that still holds the spirit true um and that and that notion is pretty important throughout this movie um we kind of cut towards now the family is getting ready for their relatives to come over for christmas who are going to be very christmas vacation style of you know the in-laws are coming not everyone's gonna get along and stuff like that and that's that's a tone that gets through this whole movie as well as most of those christmas movies when it's you know the families are together they're buttonheads, they can't seem to make you know make it work and then at the end there's a christmas miracle everyone loves each other you know, you know christmas vacation home alone all stuff like that everything works out this is kind of taking it and spinning it where it's like no this family does not get along they continue to not get along and that's what kind of fractures um at the end of the movie which which Is pretty much their demise, Um, so the family does show up. David Ketchner, um, his his wife Linda, I believe it is. uh, Their kids, uh, Howie Junior, just like this, just grotesque little child, uh, pretty plump, some weird lips, doesn't talk. Yeah, it's the weird like, it's the weird like, ah, like I I don't know. His lips are just weird. Um, The two the two daughters, uh, Stevie. And I'm drawing a blank right now on the other girl's name. Oh,
1: I just, um, it's Stevie and... Uh, I have
0: it written down like a bunch of times there, but it's uh, S- Stevie and Jordan. Jordan. Maybe. Um, who I think are actual real life sisters. I'm not positive on that, but um, they come on in um, and then they forgot the baby in the car. Because why would they remember the, their own child? Um, kind of like Uncle Eddie or from Christmas vacation, not remembering how many kids they got. Um, and then they have one expect unexpected guest which is Aunt Dorothy who's already seeking out the eggnog because she needs to get married um, I don't blame her yeah no with this family I would be slamming the eggnog that's for sure um we kind of cut to a, a a dinner time after a quick uh, notion that Linda says that it seems like Martha Stewart threw up in her house in um Tony Colette's house which uh her name is Sarah I pretty bad with the names in general so reading through these is pretty tough um so it's like sorry that we actually decorated for christmas sorry that we have a house that's appealing sorry um we go to a dinner scene where howie jr is just chugging a two liter of what looks to be like mountain dew so he's just fucking awesome um that little kid is not gonna get what's coming to him that's for sure um adam scott mentions during this dinner that he he was training as a kid um and when they kind of out on that, that he was training for the Eagle Scouts, not military, like David Keshner was was kind of getting at to to, to make fun of him, essentially. Um, but he said that he was trained for survival training, so that's a little bit of a, a foreshadowing. That's kind of somebody you'd you'd want in this uh, in this situation. Um, and one line that I always did seem to uh, enjoy that comes up a couple times. It's funny as David Keshner uh, refers. to to his family and himself as like, he's the shepherd that needs to protect his flock. Just he's, he's definitely that like military or he, I, he's not that he's not military. I feel like he's the hardo wannabe. Wannabe
1: whacker who has lights on his truck, even though he's not a police officer, carries guns in a gun rack Mm -hmm. and drives a Hummer. Yep. Probably Um, wears camo pants. Talking about storming the beaches of Normandy. We haven't got to that point yet. Yes. That was one of my,
0: um, one of my good lines that I do enjoy as well. Um, on uh, Dorothy being like the ungrateful, just kind of, pretty much just comic relief. Essentially, she's just the one in the corner that you clearly everyone's got that person in their family for the most part that's like, oh, this person came.
1: I feel like yeah. they they took a lot of characters from traditional family Christmas movies over the years mm-hmm. and kind of like modeled each character after someone from one of those movies. Yep. Like she's definitely like the mom from Christmas Vacation. Yep, the uh, is, is Betty White. Isn't that Betty White? I think so. Yeah. 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 Uh, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think that's the Betty White character. I mean, she's basically her, more yeah. or less. Um, you know, and obviously, like Keckner's like a cross between, um, like Cousin Eddie, Cousin and Eddie, like, and a few other yeah. weirdo, hardo people. Like, so they're definitely like they're 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 harping a lot of the Christmas movies, the but then adding a horror element to it because mm-hmm. it really is
0: like it does feel like. It doesn't feel like two separate movies, essentially, but it, it it really is. Like, the first part is a Christmas movie, and the second part is the, like, horror fantasy-style aspect of things. Um, so Aunt Dorothy asks, who doesn't cook a ham? And then Tony replies with, oh, I thought you needed a break from hot dogs and mac and cheese, which is kind of a dig at the, the the in-laws or the aunts and uncles. Cause, the sister? The, yeah, the sister, because that's, that's the Uncle Eddie. Like we said, this is the Uncle, Eddy, ugh, Uncle Eddie clan, the live in a trailer you can only imagine like they're like just like vegas vacation or or the irregular vacation like you go there and it's just wasteland and something about the microwave dinging and making eddie's head go off um so just good overall conversations throughout the night at dinner uh the twins uh motion for max to come on and say, hey heard the news santa got shot down yep yep he had to eat his reindeer just just harping on the poor kid who like is just holding on to that last hope of Christmas, that last little bit of magic. Um, and his shitty little like twin cousins, um, just got to beat it out of them. So the twins actually end up stealing Max's, uh, letter to Santa Claus and they start reading it aloud, but I'm sure they wish they hadn't because throughout it, uh, Max wishes that his parents got along better. Um, he he wants he wants Santa to help their his aunt and uncle and, and says that he wishes their life wouldn't be so tough and then I forget the exact line but he. he he says that he wishes like his aunt his uncle didn't wish that the twins were girls or something like or he wishes they were boys or something like that. And that's when they kind of stop reading yeah, the letter yeah, yeah. and it's goes, like My
1: dad doesn't wish I was a boy. Yeah, like, he doesn't,
0: yeah, yeah. She doesn't say what he wrote out loud. She just kinda of reads silently and goes, Hey, my dad doesn't wish I was a boy or something like that. And then at that point Max kind of flips over the table or, or rushes over to them, takes the letter, starts fighting. A great just a great start to the the family staying in oh, for a Oh, I had to sorry. Days.
1: I didn't mean to like I don't mean to like yeah. cut off cut off go back. You did mention the whole sister thing, but the real-life sisters? Mm-hmm. You're you're half right. Okay. One of the twins or twins or yeah. sisters is actually the sister of the cousin girl, Beth. Okay. She All right. and she and her sister were playing cousins okay. in the movie. Okay. Gotcha.
0: Cuz I, I did i thought there was something like that
1: so you're like you were were on the right track i just i just happened to be reading through some of the trivia on it good no i like that (laughs) because
0: i like having the random trivia facts throughout um uh max rushes upstairs and that's where adam scott kind of comes in like hey bud uh, i can't really fight everybody he's like why (laughs) like pretty much just essentially like why do we have to put up with them um, and then, like, Adam Scott's reply where he's like, well, that's what family is. I like
1: how they, they could have made Max, like, a spoiled little shit, but they didn't. Like, he's he's kind of an asshole, a little bit. He's a little he's, bit of an asshole. He's a spaz. Uh, he's a spastic asshole, but he's like, but but you kind of but he's feel... he's not like, wrong. But you feel for him. Yeah, he's you know, not like, wrong. Man, I mean, I, I get it. Like, he wants to still, like, have Christmas like it always had been, which, come to think of it, this, these families are so awful. Like, were their Christmases ever good? Uh, yeah, and how old I don't is this know. kid? Like fourteen. <laughs> yeah. like, like, how many Christmases do you remember? When did you have a good Christmas? That was like good compared to what? I mean, because I'm sure this family did not change. No, and since you were like from the time you were a little kid, yeah, probably now, all
0: the same for the last like ten years. Your sisters, your sisters,
1: like, a fucking asshole, you know, horned up crazy person who wants to go go to the boyfriend, smoke go a bong boyfriend. with boyfriend's uh, smoke, smoke a bong at the boyfriend's house, and you've got cousins who hate everything that isn't. You know, fun. Yep. They just want to wrestle and shoot stuff. I can't imagine. I can't imagine your Christmases were that much better than they are are (laughs) now. Ever No. But hey, you know what? I get it. I get. I get where you're coming. I get where you're coming from.
0: Yep. Um, Adam Scott refers to family as people you try to be friends with, even though you don't have a lot in common. He's like, well, that doesn't make sense. So, well.
1: I to it makes like, you work
0: harder to find what you do have. I just
1: in want to to be like dad. You didn't defend me at all down there. You yeah. told me to stop fighting. Yeah, they're yep. over here like humiliating me in front of the entire family. Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm. No big deal though. So that's kind of the end of the first night. Uh, so we we wake up the next morning. Um, I believe it's morning, but all the power has gone out overnight. Um, the lights are off. The the I think the the heat is off. The the Electricity, phones, everything's kind of killed, um, and it's kind of it's blizzarding outside. Um, but then there's somehow like a, a snowman mysteriously out in the front yard, which none of them built. Yeah, uh, Max, yeah, too. creepy snowman. Max makes note of that, um, and and everyone else sort of dismisses it because at this point that's that's sort of the least of the worries. Um, and there's a knock at the door, and it's the D H L delivery man who's mm-hmm. dropping off a package. Um, and as they open the door, there's a, a big sack, like a, a Santa sack outside. You're of um, gifts. Yep. And then they, the family's like, our Aunt Linda answered the door and was like, "Well, what is this?" Like, I don't know. The brown, the, the boys in brown must have dropped it off. Obviously, referring to the UPS driver. <laughs> um, but they they pull the sack in and they don't really make note of it too much after that. Like I don't, I feel like it just kind of got brushed to the side. Yeah,
1: they don't make a big deal about it. Um, I think it's one of those things where. We're as an audience, we're supposed to just pick up on it and go. That's mm-hmm. probably not a good thing. We yeah. shouldn't bring that in the house. No, and they do anyways. Because I, I remember visibly saying it out loud because I I do this. Like, what I that? react by myself and uh, you know when I'm alone watching movies. And I said like, don't bring that in the house. Yeah. And you brought it in the house. All right. Probably and not a good. Morons. Probably not a good idea. You are. But yeah, it's definitely not like it's not alluded to in any way until obviously when shit kicks off and yep. becomes a little crazier. But.
0: Yep. um so Beth decides that she needs to leave to go check on her boyfriend who's only a few blocks away um the parents agree and tell her you know pretty much get back in an hour because at this point other than it being a crazy blizzard there isn't really much um going on they did I don't know if they make note of it yet but I think it was around this time where they make note that like all the all the neighbors are essentially gone so-and-so's in Florida so-and-so's on Mexico and so being kind of uh alone at that point, that that aspect of things wasn't abnormal. They weren't. Their neighbors weren't home to begin with, so seeing nobody out doing stuff isn't like a cause for alarm or anything like that. Um, so she walks um, out to go to her boyfriend's house, and it slowly gets darker. And you can kind of hear voices around. You hear some bells and thudding, and then a giant horned creature lands on top of one of the houses and then jumps to one of the one of the other. So she kind of sees it freezes up and starts running um, she comes up onto the DHL van with the delivery guy and he's frozen
1: inside one of like the like, the only actual death in this movie real Spoilers. death essentially Spoilers. yeah,
0: yeah. Um, she hides under the car um, but then Krampus essentially Krampus we know it's Krampus now I mean you would have to not know that but you see his little horned feet kind of walking around the car um, and he leaps away and then all of a sudden uh there's like a little jack-in-the-box playing silent night and then it opens and out comes we don't know uh because it cuts and it cuts to like an aerial shot of the van rocking and beth screaming so at that point we are assuming that beth is is done for but the family has no knowledge of any of that yet um more and more snowmen are back popping up around the house uh, but there's no cars, there's no people, anything outside. So like I said, the neighbors are gone, but still, no no cars driving by would probably leave me a little suspect, even like from being up north when we have blizzards. Um, we're used to them, so like you still see people, you especially see plows. You see plows going constantly. So to not see a plow would be a little alarming. Um, but it's now dark out, and Beth is, is not back yet. Um, so they decide that they need to go use Howard's Hummer for a what he refers to as a recon mission because of course he does and of course he has a hummer
1: douchebag yeah he, <laughs> he definitely like he's such a tool i think this is this, this these are some of the some of the things that we've already kind of dis- just talked about are some of the reasons why i don't hold this movie as in high esteem as some people do um i think his character is so so cliche <laughs> it's very that cliche. it's like almost cringe. It's almost cringe to watch. And I don't, like... I understand, like, you gotta kind of make the dichotomy of the two families, but, like, you're you're harping so much on that, you know, that typical hardo uncle who thinks he's... Like, we talked about already, who thinks he's, like, in the military or was in the military, yeah. even though he wasn't, or whatever. Even if he was, he's still that hardo. like, I have to be hard for the sake of being hard, and I have to talk These about... These colors fucking, don't run. I gotta talk about penises and farts and yeah. guns, and, like... I, it's just, I feel like they could have done the whole, like, he's clearly different than Adam Scott's character, but not been so heavy on, the, yeah. on the stupid ridiculousness of his character. Yeah. But that's, that, that's, that, that's just one of the few things that I have. I feel like they kind of do that with a lot of the characters. I think they're all kind of over the top. And I, I understand the point of it, but...
0: Yeah. Um, and this is where we get the line that, that you love. Um, yeah. They... Um, I he said he could point at due east, hint the gas, and be storming the beaches the of Normandy community. by sunrise. Right. Like, I don't
1: know if you know how geography yeah, works. I that's, that's you can't really works. drive there necessarily. Where is this town? I would assume this town is somewhere in the north. Yeah, uh, probably in the Midwest. It's definitely in America. So, like, you're clearly not driving across the Atlantic Ocean and the English Channel.
0: But regardless, Howard and Tom head out. Um, and Ami, at this point, Ami, we haven't really mentioned, but she is the, the, the grandmother, the mother of the nah, uh, Tom. The German And she's pretty cautious at this Austrian, point. She, she seems Austrian. a little a little off, but she she doesn't want them to go out. Um,
1: she's the one stoking the fire almost immediately. And, like, you kind of know right from that. She's then, in the
0: background doing stuff, and you're like, huh, yeah, you I wonder know, what you, she's doing. You
1: know she's important to the story in that sense, especially because she's speaking to Adam in German, and mm-hmm. you know this movie's about Krampus, mm-hmm. so you're like, all right, so obviously so, she's got a past. a connection, passed. yep. Um, and she's stoking the fire and kind of quietly, like, and I, for me, I remember, I remember watching that part of the movie where they start kind of getting a little more concerned. The girl, daughter's at home. She's stoking the fire and I see her do that. And I go, she's doing that because she knows what's happening. Yeah. She's already aware of what's going on. And she knows that that's where they kind of come from. So you have to keep the fire hot, keep the fire hot. So that way you keep, you know, the evil fucking (laughs) gingerbread cookies out of the damn fireplace. But, um,
0: yeah uh, while Howard and Tom are driving like they make, they make no global warming my ass it's negative 20 degrees outside don't necessarily know if that'll affect again, that too much again I don't but think
1: he understands like science <laughs> um, but again that's the part of the character that I can't stand is that he's just so over the top he's yeah. so unbelievably like red state hardcore hardo yeah. and I'm not even trying to get into politics but I'm just yeah. saying like, as a character as a character build as a, as, as, a, as a very vapid shallow character he fits the bill yeah uh, nothing to say against David Koegner. He's a funny man, but, like... He could play his, this character t- His to character, a it, it, But that's exactly it. So, like, that's... I don't want to get back on this, but, like, if, if they had picked someone completely un- unexpected yeah. to play that character, it would have been better. Like, at least if you gave me somebody, like... <laughs> no, who would have been unrealistic, great. Unrealistic, playing an unrealistic character, that yeah. would have been fine. No, who would
0: have been great? Danny McBride. Y-
1: y- <laughs> yeah, he, he would have been better. He would have been funnier. They probably couldn't... Because they had to keep this at a PG thirteen, they probably wouldn't yeah. have been able to put him <laughs> yeah. in it. But he would have been better than David Koechner. But I'm even thinking like someone like give me like Rick Moranis in his prime, like, <laughs> yeah. like the little nerdy guy who comes in, yeah, he's just like a hard-o. and you're like, clearly, clearly he's not. Yeah, clearly, like at least then at that point, it's absurd for the sake of being absurd. Yeah, I just I don't know. I feel like it was kind of it was too easy. To even if have... you
0: flipped like Adam Scott and yeah. yeah, yeah, like, yeah,
1: if you did it that way, that would have been even better. Yeah, but. You know, neither here nor there. It's just.
0: That was the direction they chose and they went to it. Right. So. Um, while they're driving around, they kind of come across a snowplow that has stopped in the road and, and is. A snowplow? Seemingly vacated. Yep. There it is. Up the road they a little bit. see the bit. light flashing. Yep. So you see the they lights going. Um, they kind of go up to it. There's nobody in there, but the keys are in the, in the ignition. There's presence on the seat. They notice that. The, the windows is smashed. And of course, David Getschner being the, the the idiot character goes, Oh man, the guy must have been flying out. And that kind of goes into Adam Scott saying, no, the, the window is smashed. In. Yeah. Something
1: hit the window. It went in.
0: So like there's clear difference The the guy didn't go through the window. Something came in through the window itself. Um, and they look across the street to a house and the house is just completely ransacked. So this is when, uh, Howard goes to the back of his Hummer and, <laughs> and unloads his shotgun and then gives How- uh, gives Tom a gun as well because of course Howard's got like you said a gun rack that is just at the ready in the back of his Hummer while he's going to Christmas vacation in the suburbs. Sure. Um, it kind of jumps back and forth now at this point a little bit so we're back at home and there's a little creaking on the top of the house and then Tony Collette says that it's squirrels and then everyone's like in a blizzard? <laughs> yeah. Squirrels running around in, in a blizzard? Sure. And then there's a giant thud. And that's when everyone gets really concerned. And Tony Collette replies again with, See, I told you. Squirrels. Um, and at that point, this is where Ami looks up the chimney. Like, sticks her head into it. Looks up to it. Looks up it. And at that point, that's when you start really going like, uh, Okay, she's on to something. That we we aren't necessarily picking up yet, so she, she's kind of like you said, she's the one that holds the backstory, um, and maybe she's just holding on to it in hopes that this is just a blizzard. Maybe that was a tree fall. You know, like trying to look past some of the negatives and and, and be like, hey, it it, it could not be. It, it could be not Krampus. It could be some you know something else, uh, but we don't know. So Tom and Howard are now entering that vacated house and that's where beth is supposed to see uh boast eh, supposed to be because we see a, a picture on the floor i believe of beth and her boyfriend from like prom um but everything in the house is covered in like frost everything's like the picture frames have frost on it everything um and there's a gingerbread man with a knife just like this guy right here um stuck into the fridge, and Howard kind of looks up to inspect it. Uh, There's a giant hole in the wall, and they respond that a gas line must have blown. Um, But there's also two giant hoof marks on the ground. And of course, Howard knows from his hunting experience that it's either a goat or an elk. Um, But Adam Scott... Yeah, Adam Scott replies with like, well, what kind of goat walks on its hind legs? So it's definitely like... you know, David Keshner's Howard does have some information, but Adam Scott's the definitely the, the intelligent one that looks at it and doesn't just dismiss the fact that yeah, those are definitely like goat or elk hooves, but why is there only two of them? You know, that he's the one that that questions a lot of the information that Keshner puts puts forward. Um, and then all of a sudden we hear a scream, and it's from Beth. So they head towards towards that area where where they hear it um and they try and brave off the dark and it gets darker and colder and the snow is up to their calves so they're just kind of trudging along and then all of a sudden howard is bitten by something something is growling and pulling him back and it's under the snow and tom pulls him out they start shooting into the snow and for what and whatever it is kind of rushes away so you can see the snow burrow away in like a snake pattern um they rush to the Hummer because his leg got chewed up by whatever is in there. Um, but then the Hummer is stripped. It's on fire. It's completely smashed like something very big jumped onto it. So then they have to run back to the house. Um, we do cut back to the house now just as uh, Sarah, Tony Collette's character, was getting worried, saying that they need to go out look for them. Um, but right as she's about to open the door to leave, they burst in with Maybe a jump scare. Um, something that's just... weren't really expecting the two scenes to collide so quick. Um, but, of course, they come busting in, screaming. His leg's all cut up and bleeding. The children right. are there. Everyone's screaming. And they have to instantly try to like downplay the situation Wait, you in front of them. There's a
1: baby involved in all this, too. Yeah. Well, we,
0: we, we probably forgot about it just yeah, as much as their family baby. forgot about it. Um, I did notice that one that of That was their, forgotten in a truck. Yeah. One of their notes... Uh, there wasn't many notes on this movie, but one of the notes was to make the baby cry less. Because audiences don't want to just see babies crying the whole time.
1: Then don't Uh-oh. put a baby in the movie. Mm-hmm. I
0: yep, because uh, it really serves no purpose. I
1: guarantee that's like Doherty's like niece or his daughter or yeah, something. Just, and they are like we need to throw this in the in the movie. Put somehow. the baby
0: in. Yep. Um. So they like I said, they try to instantly downplay the situation. Um. And and Howard says that he must have stepped on a bear trap. And then of course Max was instantly was like, "We don't have bears here." Like, just get the kids out of the room. Let the adults do yeah. what stuff like that. So,
1: so the aunt, so the aunt takes them into the kitchen to teach them how to make like a hot like uh, peppermint, peppermint schnapps. Peppermint
0: schnapps. Yep. And she lets Howie the little give them give them alcohol. Yeah. Um. Clearly not the the babysitter of the year award. So they're patching them up and they're trying to kind of decide what to do. They decide that they need to stay put. They need to board up all the windows and doors. Um. You can't go anywhere. They have. Howard says damn near frostbite in under four minutes So, as their faces were all completely red so it's just there. there is no way to get out the Hummer's destroyed I'm assuming all they have is Adam Scott's cars but they don't go towards that option at the moment because they don't know where they would go the roads aren't really plowed so they they can't go anywhere in the little mid-sized mid-sized cars um, and clearly something is out there causing a ruckus so they gotta start boarding everything up The family's all held up now with the kids using like the last of their battery life on their iPads because, you know, they got to be distracted. Um, Tom and Howard decide that they need to take shifts uh, sleeping. (laughs) And Howard goes. He once again recites the shepherd line, Um, you know, a shepherd's got to protect his flock. And he chooses to kind of take first watch. Um, Which inevitably.
1: Yeah, we cut. We're actually kind of at that point. I think we're already at that point.
0: (laughs) We are pretty much right at that point yeah um and that scene cuts directly to howard snoring so he
1: yeah which again one of those things where like oh saw that coming a mile like you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's one of those things where you just there's so many things about this movie you just see coming and i guess that oh yeah there he is sleeping to give benefit to the doubt or benefit give them the benefit of the doubt that maybe that's just they they knew they were gonna do that like it's kind of what they're going for but Yeah, I don't know. It's like, oh, yeah, he's sleeping. That makes sense. Of course he is. Oh, yeah. the fire's going out. Yep.
0: Oh. Yep. No one's at watch. Like, the, the, yeah, Adam Scott would have stayed up. Boy Scott would have stayed up. Um, so as soon as, like, the fire pretty much is essentially embers at this point, everybody's sleeping, the f- the phone screens die, um, and we instantly hear, like, giggling coming from upstairs and in the chimney. And then a hook slowly comes down over the fireplace with a gingerbread man on it essentially doing a recon i guess um he's you know (laughs) cgi laughing jingling the chains making sure nobody wakes up um and then finally howie wakes up howie jr not howard um and he of course sees the gingerbread man on a hook in the chimney and goes over grabs it and bites its head
1: he's a little fat boy of course he's hungry
0: yeah of course he is because you wouldn't think twice about this weird gingerbread man thing on a hook that just mysteriously appeared inside a smoke again
1: like that. there's I don't know there's so many characters who are just like oh my god like why 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 did he have to be like a dumb drooling (laughs) like like the kid from Bad Santa you couldn't just give him a line
0: yeah give him a line Uh, it's like like the kid from Bad Santa that cuts his hand making the Christmas pickle yeah
1: right basically (laughs)
0: um and as he bites his head, the gingerbread man wakes up, and wraps him in the chain, and pulls him up the chimney. And at that point, the whole collective family wakes up, um, and there's this kind of tug of war trying to get him back. And they pull his feet. Um, a log during this tussle comes out of the chimney, lights the Christmas tree on fire, and it, and and at the end, uh, they lose the tug of war, and Howie Jr. Is, is sucked up the up the chimney. But I do like the one the one shot of Howard looking up. And the shoe sli- like just falls and hits him yeah. in the face. He's like, Ow. Like it wasn't like it was just such a silent, like, deadpan laugh <laughs> moment. I was like, oh, of course. Um instantly Omni starts to light the fire back up and starts speaking German, saying that this is all all of our fault and he's come for us. And then she then tells us the story of Krampus. So this is where we get our quintessential Christmasy claymation style this animation, part, which this is,
1: is probably my favorite part of the movie. Yep
0: which is half claymation, half, um, stop. yeah, like, it's, like stop mace it's, animation it's all like cardboard cutout like cutout animation.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's, it's cool. So
0: everything is cardboard cutout during the scene, except Omni. Cause she wants, we want her to be the focal point, but this is, this is a, uh, the telling of the story of when Omni was a young girl, uh, the village she was in was not really cheerful anymore. And it was definitely a very impoverished country. Um, and tensions were high. Um, and the family was no longer a loving family. Essentially Christmas spirit was dead. Um, she wished not for a christmas miracle but for her family to go away and in the blizzard she got her wish a dark more ancient spirit than saint nicholas came the shadow of saint nicholas krampus which i i like that term of the shadow of saint nicholas it's not just like an evil goat figure it's it's an offshoot of santa it is literally the dark mysterious figure that follows santa around his shadow
1: yeah and it's kind of why they have him in a and a santa's mask like grampus doesn't actually have a human face He's it's a goat figure goat, essentially. like devil type face but he wears a he wears a, a, a it's like the skin of an old wears, man like, essentially a santa skin mask like a straight up like i don't know like buffalo bill like thing going yeah on.
0: which i i kind of like um it's different um some quick notes um that i, wa- I watched like a little behind the scenes thing of like The suit itself so there is that is a full suit with a person in it um he's wearing leg extensions with the hooves on the bottom so he can walk in there yeah
1: they got a lot of their ideas from like these postcards and stuff yeah like old drawings not these specific ones but like the drawings and the paintings Mm -hmm. and stuff from history especially like austrian german history um they they took a lot of that inspiration to create Mm -hmm. the the suit like honestly krampus is and he has to be, but he's like the best part of this movie. He's, yeah. he's, he's the focal point it's of the, the movie. the ringleader. And I think they did a really, really good job of giving us like a traditional look rather than just giving us some super hyper CGI yeah. monster. Yeah. Like and there's some CGI would, where it has to be like when he's jumping around on rooftops and stuff. But when he's yeah. up close, mm-hmm. you and get some like really legitimate, like good costume. And
0: I, I do believe like CGI work. I believe all the houses or, like, yes. CGI. Like yeah, or something, everything was something done on, on a on. soundstage. Yeah, like which was crazy. It was
1: filmed on a soundstage. And I guess, according to Full Monday, what we've heard in other podcasts and stuff is that a lot of the houses in the neighborhood are actually horror houses, famous horror houses. Okay. Yeah. So if you, like, took the time to pause and, like, look, see which point happened. them out, you could see certain ones. Um, I've obviously haven't done that, but at some point I would like to at least look it up because I haven't actually done that. I want to see which ones are, are which.
0: Yeah. So again, with the, um, the whole Krampus outfit, um, the guy in there couldn't see, but inside the mask was like a little LCD screen. Oh wow. So he would watch through that. And if you do notice there are like, they look almost like bullet holes in like Krampus's the, the cheek of the, the, the face. Those are the camera holes that relay to the TV. Huh? So that's how he looks
1: at stuff. I mean, he's so hunched over that makes kind of makes yeah. a
0: little bit of sense. So it's just a, a little screen in there that he's looking into the screen, which is is pretty fun. Um, and then back to the uh, the little Ami story. Um, she she responds that Krampus he came not to reward but to punish, not to give but to take. Um, and we kind of cut back to a, to real time where Howard calls it senile horse shit. A twisted <laughs> bedtime this, story. You know, yeah, um, and he's hell bent on getting Howie back, so he grabs a shotgun and goes outside against everyone's wishes. It's sort of like a tussle. He actually points the gun at Adam Scott's yeah, character right. from the entire family. Like, uh, I, I've never been in that situation, so I can't say Yeah, I won't do that, but I probably would not do that. Um, so they open the door, and then there's a lot of laughter from outside as soon as they open the door and you can see these little creatures hiding behind the snowman ducking back and forth cutting between the trees and stuff like that we haven't really been introduced to these characters yet so we're we're sort of left in the dark of like exactly what they are um but we will find out what they are shortly um but it's now christmas eve Uh, midnight has ticked over. Omni tells them that it's not what you do but what you believe. And the twins start asking like, well, if we leave out cookies and milk and like, if we do like it's pretty much they're asking like can they just like instantly be nice to people and then like everything goes away? It's like, no, that's not really how it works. Um, and then she says, Omni says something else in in German but Max can't translate this. And then Aunt Dorothy looks at her and says, she knows what she said. She says we're all fucked. And then like Omni like looks at her she's like, yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, pretty much. Like, it's a rough probably, translation, yeah. but yes. But yeah, essentially that. Like, Aunt Dorothy kind of knows what's up. Like, I, if I had to be somebody in this situation, I'd probably want to be Aunt Dorothy. Just drinking, no family, oh, like, no direct kids there. That would be me. Don't care. Like, I don't have to go protect anybody. I'm just here to die, essentially. I would
1: be, I'd be hammered at that yep. point. Fuck it.
0: Yeah, here comes the peppermint schnapps. Um, Linda starts going through um, all the burnt presents. Uh, um and comes upon a jack-in-the-box. And she listens slowly as it ticks. And she's about to open it, but Sarah comes out and they have devised a new plan of like what they're going to be doing now. So Tom says they need to get to that snowplow because the keys were still in it. They need to get in, put everyone in the car, and get out of Dodge. So the snowplow would kind of plow the tr- plow the roads and the car would follow behind it. Perfect. The jack-in-the-box, which is upstairs, and the other toys start shaking and giggling. So this was up in the attic, I believe it was. Uh, Max is in his room looking through some binoculars and he sees Krampus on a roof. Almost kind of like that shot in Science where, like, the alien's there. He takes the binoculars down to look because he's, like, kind of unsure what he saw. He looks back and it's gone now. It's like, oh, okay. I'm sure I saw that, but, like, I can't see it now. Um jordan and stevie head upstairs uh because i need to use bathroom because aunt dorothy clogged the crapper downstairs <laughs> uh, of course i mean all the gingerbread and peppermint schnapps will do some do some damage on the old digestive system um and and <laughs> yeah, I, this is probably one of my favorite lines is they ask if like if they think they took howie because of the time he painted the cat's <laughs> it's like this kid sucks he doesn't talk he's dumb as shit he yeah, eats I a gingerbread again, I think he paints I, cats I think
1: he's like related to the to Doherty and he was just like we gotta put this kid in the movie somehow mm-hmm. like I, I can't I can't. why else would you have two non-speaking roles <laughs> I, it just to me it's just I don't know it's just it's weird to me but you know hey sure. I, am, I am the one on the podcast that asks right. weird questions so.
0: right. um, a mysterious voice starts to call them by name They're like Jordan Stevie um, it's up in the attic and they think it's Beth and, and that's how dumb they are, because they're like, <laughs> "Oh, Beth, what are you doing upstairs? Everyone's been looking for you." Or like, yeah, she's just been hiding yeah, in the attic for like, two days or a day and a half. Yeah, at hi- this point. Hiding up in the attic, alone. in the cold attic, because there's no fear. power. Yeah, just sure. They go up there, and then we cut to downstairs, and we hear their screams.
1: This is the creepiest part of the movie.
0: Yep. So then they rush upstairs, weapons at the ready, and then Howard stays on the first floor because he's still injured with his his leg, and he hears noises in the kitchen. And he calls Rosie, the bulldog to go over there and check it out but then she just kind of walks away so howard now goes to like towards the kitchen tom linda and sarah enter the attic with flashlights uh but nothing is now heard the girls are, are kind of silent they shine lights around and this is where we start to really get into the horror like aspect of the movie this
1: is Where yeah, some of that dark fantasy comes in yep um
0: and some of the best stuff i mean the, this this movie for whatever faults it might have, it's character the design. work is, is like, really good. Yeah, the creatures, really characters, work. great. Um, and then they, they shine a light over and they see that the toy boxes, like the, all the presents have been chewed out. So now back down to the kitchen. Howard enters the kitchen to see broken plates and gingerbread men giggling. <laughs> Um, and he goes voiced
1: by Seth Green, by the way. Were they? I didn't know that. Quote unquote, because okay. they don't really say anything. But one of them was Justin Royal and the other one was uh, was Seth Green. Oh, okay, all right.
0: Um, Howard like kind of looks towards the the little food cubby as he inspects that it has been has been opened up. Um, upstairs there is a large Jack in the Box now that's lit up by the flashlights. And it's slowly moving its head up, and it appears that it's swallowing one of the girls. As it's, the boots are going down the mouth, and it wipes its mouth with the blood. And it kind of has almost like predator jowls yeah. and it has like the, yeah, yeah, the mandible yeah. of a predator, essentially. Um,
1: screams like a. It screams. Yeah. yeah. So weird. And it's cool it's that. Like a weird. And again, weird thing. that
0: is played by a person. Oh so yeah, there's, there, there's the arms in there. there. They just kind of wrapped it. A up A lot of
1: them. They looked a lot like puppets. Mm-hmm. A lot of them looked like puppets. Um, the tree topper angel thing. Yep. So was those three, terrifying.
0: those three are all puppets. The 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 uh, the cherub, the little angel-y cherub thing, uh, the teddy bear, and then the little robot guy are all puppets. Yeah. This one was an actual person. The thing that was puppeted was its mouth. So that was like right. by control opening and shut and stuff. But it's like kind
1: of like again you say predator. It's a good it's a good it's a good analogy because predator most of the most of the predator movies there's a gentleman in the costume mm-hmm. but the mandibles are like radio controlled um yep. well that will move like his mandibles and stuff yeah um as he makes you know you know when he emotes and stuff like that so that's kind of like it's a good analogy to dan like uh, to, uh, to say the big jack-in-the-box snake thing yeah is very much like a predator
0: yeah um so now we jump back downstairs to howard and he now is getting shot with a nail gun by the gingerbread man he ducks in cover uses a cutting board for cover um we jump back to the attic now this scene does it is a little chaotic because it bounces back and forth a lot um but we are now in the attic and they find the demonic angel that kind of flies down and attacks sarah while a teddy bear rushes linda um howard is now downstairs firing shots at the gingerbread um and he causes an explosion, I guess maybe he hit a stove that was on. I don't know what exploded <laughs> gas lined yeah, know knew about um, but sure, it blew up. um the angel' is sticking its like long tongue out and it's licking sarah's face, and then Tom gets attacked by a robot, which is very like reminded me of like puppet master, like just very yeah. like, s- s- now nowadays it's not stop animation, but it felt very like.
1: Eh-eh. Uh-uh. yeah yeah. it definitely it's honestly I, I completely forgot about the robot yeah until I watched it the it's a pretty like time. I was like oh that's right there was a st- killer robot stabbing him with scissors but I think because of how good the jack snake in the box thing and the evil like cherub cherub looking thing those two are so are so iconic they're so easy to rem- so, so, so burn into your brain when you see it for the first time yeah you forget about like the kind of generic little killer robot
0: thing. yeah yep um Howard um, is now like on the floor, shooting towards the gingerbread man while they're rushing him. And the last gingerbread man is diving towards him with like a sharpened um, candy cane, ready to stab him. Um, and he closes his eyes, but then that's when Rosie the bulldog jumps in, and they don't. Sh- I think this shot would have been too hard for them to show, so they you cut to the gingerbread man flying towards it, and then you cut to the dog chewing and licking its mouth. So like we. We know that the dog saved the day at the last minute, ate the gingerbread man, but it probably wasn't in the budget to make the dog eat the gingerbread man because those were the only CGI things in this. Yeah, they were like the real heavy CGI characters, I should say. Um, The angel is now attempting to hang Sarah with Christmas lights. Um, Linda sees Stevie's body and gets up, and she goes berserker mode at this point. She hits all the toys with an axe rushes towards the jack in the box and then as she does it retreats and she gets stevie so stevie is is still okay at this point um and uh, max kind of calls for everyone i guess downstairs everyone kind of regroups um in the living room and the ceiling begins to crack the jack in the box falls down through the ceiling um I did what I like. The one thing they came down, and Howard's like, "Oh, what's going on up there?" or something. She's like, "I can't tell you," or something. He's like, "Well, I just got my ass kicked by Gingerbread Man, or something like." That. He's like, "I can believe me. I can handle whatever you got to tell me." <laughs> um, but the Jack in the Box kind of falls down through the ceiling. Howard goes to shoot it, but then the angel flies down from the ceiling hole, and then the bear is all back again. So essentially, nobody like killed any of the toys. They just kind of. Wounded them, they retreated or whatever, and then they came out to surprise attack later. Um, the bear's back, and then Aunt Dorothy takes the shotgun. She shoots the bear. She shoots the angel. This is one of my favorite shots. Is she shoots the angel, and it zips right into the wreath. Oh yeah. sits there for a little bit, and then just kind of falls down. It's like okay, that's that's fun. Um, and then she goes to shoot the jack in the box, and then it starts to clap. Um, and then at that point, you're like, oh, oh what the fuck is going yeah. on? Like this is it's not attacking. It's just like laughing wiggling yeah, yeah, yeah. clapping um and elves the start elves? to storm yeah. storm the house the and they fucking elves. so that's those creatures that it's were like out the front
1: santa claus with evil yep like they so, come flying across like the rooftops and shit yeah no these are like evil elves. now these
0: are the evil ones so they they came in the little assholes came in instantly through pr- snow i'm assuming through snow onto the fire to put the fire out um they take aunt dorothy into the blizzard um they kind of wrap her up with chains. They grab, they grab the baby. And then they, they, they're cornering the entire family. And as they're leaving with the baby, Howard yells, uh, fuck this twisted fairy tale horseshit or something <laughs> like that. He jumps and he grabs onto the chains. And he's pulled outside now as well. Um, at that point, a horn sounds. And all the elves leave, pointing towards the rest of the family. So at that point, I believe it's just um, Tom, Linda, Sarah, max and ami um <clears throat> ami goes back over to the fire and she tries to light a ma- uh, light a match to to kind of leave leave the uh leave the fire hot and then i believe it's Old saint nick starts playing um it's like up on the roof yeah it's not that that song is, is playing but it's it sounds like a slower version so. yeah
1: well i think now that you say that um the composer <laughs> of the movie basically stated that like a lot of the um music and stuff that he used is traditional like Christmas carols and stuff um, mm-hmm. but he he did like twisted versions of them and threw some like pagan music okay. in on top of it
0: that makes sense. So he
1: incorporated like chains and bells and then like animal bones and animal skin drums and stuff into the score Gotcha. plus like choirs um, that were singing in different like dialects and different languages and stuff so you might hear things like old saint nicholas but like it's mixed in the with twisted the version Bunchelli of it twisted yeah pagan style
0: yeah which is cool um so they they're all the whole family is now gonna they're gonna hold on to each other and they're gonna brave the storm and they're they're slowly like single file leaving the house and Ami is the last one but she shuts the door and stays inside um and you hear Krampus shrieking, you know, Tom Tom, Adam Scott is, you know, telling him, Mom, open the door, open the door, and they kinda have to pull him away because they know that she's staying to face Krampus to hopefully give them a little bit more time to survive.
1: She's martyring yourself.
0: Um, yes, yep. So everything in the house is freezing over as Krampus makes his descent through the chimney. Um, the horns appear, the hoods, the chain, the creature slowly sticks his head out um, and kind of crawls out horn first through the chimney and walks towards Ami and he sticks his tongue out his tongue was CGI just <laughs> fun um he opens his bag for Ami and she looks into it and a bunch of t- uh, toys well, he, hand, out. he hands her the bell the, the bell right he gives her the bell again or yeah. whatever
1: and and then makes her kind of go <laughs> into, into the, bag.
0: the bag yep which she doesn't really put up a fight but she wasn't planning to which I mean, she, an old lady she sh- was just a distraction
1: yeah she was like Luke meeting Darth Vader after a long mm-hmm. period of time like, mm-hmm. so a n- long time they've seen you campus yep. So, now
0: Tom, Sarah, Linda, Max, and Stevie reach the snowplow as the creature from earlier comes towards them, which I would have liked to have seen, what, which this creature... Maybe it was the Jack and Box that was, like, slithering around under the snow. I don't know. Oh, like the, the snow... But I don't know what s- The snow demon? Thing. Yeah, so I don't know what, what exactly that is, because we never really see it.
1: They don't really... They they don't really make a point. It's almost like Tremors, and I yeah. think it's kind of what they were going like a worm for. worm creature, yep. It was, like, that worm-like creature. It would have
0: been cool to see what it was, but... Um, that creature is running towards them and Tom now shoots at it and tells them to go while he holds them off. So Adam Scott now is is playing martyr, distracting, shooting at this thing to give the family time. Um it circles him and finally pulls him under as just as the others kind of reach towards the plow. Um just as they are Linda now is attacked and pulled pulled under while Sarah puts Stevie in the car. She goes back and now is also being attacked by this. So while Max and Stevie are in the snow plow, Linda, Max's mother I'm sorry. Uh, Sarah, Max's mother, is staring at him through the window, and she gets pulled under as well. So now it's just Stevie and Max, and the plow won't start. And of course, the elves are back. The elves start to surround the plow, and they just can't get this thing to start. And even if they could, I like how Max plays, like, I don't even know how to drive this thing. (laughs) Um, So the elves pull Stevie out, but Max fights back. Max knocks the elf down, and the snow creature takes the elf and rushes away. So that's kind of why like, I wanted to see what that creature was because it seemed like it was just attacking everything because it took one of the elves. Yeah. Um, but who knows? But Stevie is being dragged away. Um, Krampus jumps down in front of Max and, and drops the letter to Santa that earlier he ripped up after that dinner fight. He gives him <clears throat> a Krampus bell, which, again, if you're watching on video, I have the little bell right here.
1: Ooh, I just it is it that.
0: is broken because I, I dropped it. Literally, just um, noticed you had the bell. Yeah, I got the bell. It's broken, but it's the bell. Um, it's the same bell that Ami was given as a child, um, and we hear like an overlay of when Ami was saying um, her story, and that Max is is the reminder, essentially to keep. I kind of want to
1: an alternative ending <clears> to <throat> this movie where Max doesn't like
0: just fuck everything yeah, up. He's yeah, he's just
1: like, all right, and then you get like old man Max. So I'm
0: curious what. Yeah, what would have come of everybody else had Max not got
1: involved? Oh, probably, probably same fate that they say. That but they he's to, out, and he are yeah, in, I guess essentially, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, So Max now still sees that, like they're they're pulling Stevie. He can still hear her voice. Um, so he chases after Krampus and the elves, and this is where I do like like to see the stuff. Like we get to see like Krampus's like super like evil sleigh, these giant like. Yeah. Horned creatures that are his reindeer, which they look like like those creatures from like Star Wars, like on like Hoth. Yeah, like the, those oh, like look, the Tauntauns? Yeah, they remind me of like the Tauntauns. <laughs> they're headbutting each other. They're, uh, that's just kind of what they reminded me of. Um, and now Max calls out to them and he says that he takes back his wish because that's just how it works. I yeah, guess that's how, that's how it works. Um, he just lets you take it back. Yeah, yeah. He throws the bell towards them. Um, and at that point, this like lava pit to the underworld starts to open up and Krampus heads over towards him Max rushes towards Krampus the elves hold this is this is probably one of my favorite parts in this thing is, um, the elves are holding Stevie opening the opening and Max says that to take him instead he knows that he can fix everything so just take him instead um, Krampus like everything kind of slows down and Krampus like uses this like big claw thing and wipes a tear off of his face um, and they start to kind of like it seems like they're questioning like should they do this should they not um, and then they all just start bursting into laughter. Um, and then they just push Stevie in, anyways. Yes. just like it's yeah, so good. Fuck you, kid. Like you don't get to just undo yeah, he rubs,
1: this. He rubs rubs his tear away. Yeah, and he's like ah fuck. You, it showed kid. like he it, it was like
0: a small sense of compassion, and they're like psych. <laughs> um, and then Krampus grabs Max and drops him into the pit as well. Yep. Cut to black, and then it fades to white. So. Max is falling to the red and turns to white, and then we pan inwards from the window back in Max's room, and he suddenly screams. He wakes up. He was in the bed under the covers, and this is a seemingly just a crazy dream. Um, and outside, you can see there's houses in the snow, but it's not. There's no snowman. It's not a blizzard. It's still eerie though. Yep. It's like
1: eerily too perfect. Too per. Yeah. Yep. Um, it almost got me. It almost yep. is like. Oh, it really was only a dream. But then yeah. as we kind of went through, we're like, oh, no. Yeah. No, no, no. It's something else here.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, he looks up to his advent calendar, and the 25th day of his advent calendar is not yet opened. Um, so he opens it. There's a little nice picture of St. Nicholas. Um, and he hears voices downstairs as the family is back waiting to open presents. So as he rushes down, he's greeted by Beth saying, Oh, like, oh, man, we never thought you'd wake up. And David Ketchner is like, Oh, hey, man, I thought. We- Thought the sugar plum fairy gotcha it's just like a happy go lucky jolly old family time Um, they're opening presents Omni passes out hot chocolate she wishes him a very merry Christmas Jordan gets brass knuckles (laughs) Max is just elated he's happy this is what he wished for this is the like in the beginning he wished Christmas was the way it used to be which I don't think it ever was this way but sure in his mind maybe it was Um, Max hugs his mom and then has a present and it's a creepy-looking present. looks very bad wrapping. doesn't look like everything else. Um, but nobody really makes note of it. Um, he opens the present, which is this mysterious box, and inside is the Krampus Bell. And the tone dun, changes. Dun, dun. The music slows down. The whole family starts looking very uneasy. I, still, I, I, think it, They're I don't nervous. know about you,
1: but at this point, I still thought that, all right, maybe, maybe he thought it was a dream but maybe krampus actually did say i'm going to give you and your family a second chance and it
0: all came back to them at that moment well
1: yeah but i thought that like for a for a hot second i thought that the bell meant i gave you a second chance but i need you to remember what will happen the next time yeah this happens happens. and i won't give you a second i won't give you another chance but then obviously i was wrong
0: yep yep so the tone changes um there's there's a good a good moment where there's a lot of voiceover work, where it's all voiceovers of like stuff they were saying yeah. during the movie, which is really fun, um, and we kind of pan out. Now, we, we, we cut to a record player, the fire roars, and then we pan out through the window to reveal that the house is in a snow globe, and the snow globe is in a room, a dark room full, snow full of, snow of snow globes, and we keep panning out until that one last jump scare with all the toys. You that stupid jump scare. And that is 2015 Krampus. I love
1: this movie. Yeah, it's fun. I, I, I can see say, the I don't, faults I don't, in I don't, it. I don't love it. Yep. I can see I, the faults in it for I sure. If you enjoy it, I think it's a fun. I think it's fun. I think it's really. It's one of those movies where like I can watch it, you know, at Christmas time or at Halloween, and and just just watch it to have some fun, to shut my brain off for a minute, mm-hmm. and just enjoy some irreverent like. Horror comedy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not looking for anything too deep in it, and I don't think you should be. To be there's nothing. With. There's not much there's deep. There's not to look a whole at. lot to look for. Um, there's just some of the characters do make it a little bit harder for me <laughs> to want to watch it again. Yeah. Um, it's one of those movies where like
0: you can watch it once a year. Yeah,
1: yeah. You, you watch it like once a year. You watch it once because you remember. Oh, yeah, I got to watch Krampus, and then you remember. Oh. This movie isn't as good as I remember it being, but mm-hmm. it's still like one of those movies where like you had to kind of have to watch. It's like nightmare before Christmas, really. Like you have to watch it. Yeah.
0: During It's, the it's, it's a staple. It's, like, it's
1: just like a necessary movie to watch.
0: Yeah. No, this is, it's on the list for sure. Um, and I think we, we talked earlier about the, the horror night's house. I'm going to try to remember it. Um, pretty much the house I, I, from what I remember is like you're walking into the house. So you enter a wintry facade. You, you see the house, you enter, you pretty much are just walking through the movie. You get a scene where the gingerbread men are in the in the um, in the kitchen. You get a scene with the attic with the toys. Um, you get a scene in Krampus's hut with like the snow globe. You pretty much walk your way through the movie essentially the attacks. Yeah. Um, so it was just very it's fun. Kind
1: of what I figured.
0: Um, There's a lot of good like little jump scares. Like there was a lot of elf jump scares. Um, the Jack in the Box is there as a person clapping and scaring and stuff right, like that. And I
1: think it's it sounds like one of those houses that like
0: it was that it was your Ghostbusters, it was your killer clowns. Yeah.
1: It was one of those it's it's one of those ones like how you feel about the movie is how you're gonna feel about the house. I don't think the house is gonna change your opinion on the movie. Yeah. In no. any way, I guess is my point. Um so it sounds like it would probably be one of those ones where it's like, Yeah, that was fun. That, yeah, that was enjoyable. Yeah. Um, not my top, but No. You know.
0: No, a fun movie nonetheless. So that is two thousand fifteen Krampus. Any other thoughts on this? I know we usually do our, our our fear and beer reviews, so um for your fear ranking, where would you put this at?
1: So my fear ranking I'll give it a one. Okay. Um we tend to we tend to find that we do a lot of movies where like it's not very scary.
0: Yeah, no. Uh,
1: we don't do very scary movies in and, the, it, and that maybe, also comes we to we like should.
0: well and that also comes to like if you showed this to somebody else who's not as like
1: I don't think it's I don't think I don't, I don't think it's scary for scary at all I, I I think it's I think it has some creepy moments I think the car- I think the the creature design is really good <laughs> mm-hmm. and that's creepy but as far as like overall scares it's not scary really at all no. so I'll give it a one for the creep factor on the car- on the on the on the creatures yeah but that's probably pretty much it
0: uh yeah I'd probably honestly I'll I'll put a 1.5 I think some of the design is scary. I'm, I'm taking out the fact that I've seen this movie a bunch of times. Maybe if somebody hadn't seen it, they would, you know, feel a little bit more, um, more scared by it. Um, oh, that's interesting. On the DVD yeah. cover, there is a, um, like a Nutcracker on the, the little side panel, but a, a character we didn't see in this Uh-oh. movie. Yeah, so, true. Um, well. That would have been a, that would have been a cool addition. Um, so yeah, for my fear maybe, ranking,
1: maybe it was in a cut scene or something. Yeah,
0: for my fear ranking, I'll give this a one point five. Definitely not scary per se. Um and how about your beer ranking? How much fun so, you had watching this movie?
1: Yeah, I would give this probably like a three and a well, yeah, three point five. Okay. For my fear uh for my beer rating, my how much did I enjoy it rating. Yeah, like I said, I think it's a fun movie. Yeah. Um not the best horror Christmas movie ever. No. Um not my first go to. Obviously, Nightmare Before Christmas will be my first one. Uh, but this is, you know, up there. I mean, I, I would, like I said, it's one of those ones where, like, I, I could see myself going back and watching this every Christmas. Yeah. Now that I've seen it a couple times for the, you know, for the first time. Okay. Uh, but, yeah, three and a half scenes, fair.
0: Yeah. I'll um, I'll continue my trend of doing .5 more. I'll give this a four. <laughs> um, I do like this movie. If you can't see on YouTube, I'm wearing my Krampus shirt. Nice little, I think it's from Cavity Colors. Um, I also got the nice little Krampus tattoo up on my thigh of the the Krampus hand in the snow globe. So this this is a movie that I do enjoy a lot. Um, I I can revisit this a couple times a year. I understand when people can't. <laughs> I see all of your points and I I'm able to look past them to to uh to a little bit. Um, but yeah, that's all that's all I really got left for I think Krampus from 2015. Um, any other final thoughts on it at all? Um, or? No, it was, yeah.
1: again, like, I think we've kind of said what we had to say about it. I, I think one last fact that I thought interesting about <laughs> this, we didn't really talk about in the beginning, is that like this movie almost didn't get made because they wanted to do it as a as a rated R, hmm. but Universal okay. um, refused to do it until they dropped their rating. And smart. I think part of it was because there's a lot of controversy around making scary... Um, not tongue-in-cheek horror-based Christmas movies. Yeah. Um, like Black Christmas back in the '70s was was really taboo at the time. Um, you know, other movies in this vein, like they definitely, Hollywood isn't super down with it. Yeah. So to do it, like, uh, well, uh, Silent Night, Deadly Night, like another one yeah. where it's like you're making Santa a killer. Yeah, um, the public does not it, like it's, that. It's hard to pull that off, and a lot of times they don't. And the only reason these movies have any success is because there's a cult following that that builds behind it. Um, so yeah, it's successful after the fact. But to get like a, a worldwide, not worldwide, but like to get a, like a more national release with 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 a lot more butts and seats, I guess if you want to say it that mm-hmm. way, they have to kind of drop these ratings down to make them more accessible and make them a little less over the top in like a serious way. Like so, they really don't make scary violent christmas horror movies anymore if they do make them it's like this where it's like pg-13 takes like a you know takes like some sort of like fairy tale or trope and like does it up it's like almost like a older kids kind of horror family movie in a way um that was an interesting fact that you didn't really think about it until they released something like this but they did just did they not did they just release that new movie it's not really a horror movie but that one with david um david um with the hopper in it oh violent night violent night he plays santa and he kills he's like like, a
0: military santa i I gotta see it It he he like
1: fights like a bunch of like mob guys who want to like end christmas or whatever but it seems again like one of those like it's kind of violent but it's like pg-13 violence not like yeah not like like legitimate serious this is like some messed up stuff going on
0: yeah no that one looks and it's so outrageous that it's like if it's a it's called violent night you should know
1: yeah i do want to i do i do want to see that movie, to get i want to watch that i'll
0: have to check that out at some point um so yeah that's that for krampus um at, at this point i'm just gonna stop saying we'll be back next week <laughs> the I, the plan is to be back next week christmas yeah, is next week
1: obviously the holidays make it a little bit harder on us it's tougher so uh, um, we we have an not idea talking about everything else that's going on in the last yeah. couple weeks but like that yeah. specifically just is in general hard
0: Um, So we have an idea for an episode. If we get to it, we get to it. If we don't, we will keep you all updated as best as we can. Um, But the game plan for now is to get an episode out next week for you. Um, And like I said, I'm not going to say what the episode is. um, And I'm not going to promise that it's going to be there because um, as these last couple of weeks have have, uh, proven that it's just uh, things are crazy right now. Um, So I... If we don't talk to everybody, um, hopefully you guys all have great holidays, Merry Christmas, yeah. New Year, all that fun stuff. Um, but the the plan as of today is to to get an episode done next week in time for that pre Christmas
1: Saturday. I'm Sunday? sure, I'm sure we on. can probably make something happen.
0: Yeah. But um until next time, this is Nick. And this is Seamus. Happy Hans. Cursed, cursed, it's what a death, cursed.
1: You know, it's Halloween. I guess everyone's
0: attacking.